Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of Explore and Engage with Anam. We as a country, Americans in the United States, we spend a lot of money on healthcare. I was looking at the latest data from the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services, and we spent, um, you know, our healthcare spending is more than 17% of the country's GDP. In 2019, we spent $3.8 trillion on healthcare, which is more than $11,500 per person. Now, as a country, we're spending so much money, which clearly means that healthcare is a huge part of our life. And so we have to make sure that we're spending the money wisely, that we're making the best healthcare decisions, we're spending the money efficiently, and that as individuals, we're looking at um, what decisions would make us achieve the best physical and mental health. And for that, we need health literacy, which I believe is one of the most important topics in the discussion of healthcare in the United States. Now let's start with what health literacy means. Health literacy is the ability of individuals to understand information related to healthcare. Information that can help people navigate the American healthcare system and make informed decisions. A health literate person is someone who can read, understand, and analyze health information. And this may include uh, being able to um, understand prescriptions, go um, to a pharmacy and fill up the prescription and get the medications, to understand clinical paperwork, to be able to follow the doctor's advice, to look at charts and graphs related to one's medical records and have the ability to know what those mean, and much more. Health literacy is also the ability to ask questions, to know where help is available if needed, and to find further information that would facilitate uh, excellent decision-making. Healthcare is a massive field. It's full of information. And navigating the system can be easy and simple for some, while for others it may be very challenging and difficult and confusing even. When a person is trying to access primary healthcare services, he or she has to call and schedule an appointment with a provider. The provider could be a doctor, could be a nurse practitioner, um, could be a physician assistant, and then there also has to be a payer for the services. Payment for uh, the visit could be made out of pocket or through insurance coverage. The insurance could be public health insurance programs uh, like Medicaid, Medicare. It could be employer-sponsored coverage through work or private health insurance plans purchased from the marketplace. The patient then has to show up for the appointment and check in and do the paperwork, pay a copay if that applies, and then see the provider. With the provider, um, the person has to share information about what concerns and symptoms there are, medical history, um, and then the doctor may do lab work, medical imaging, 
um, anything that may be necessary uh, to come up with a proper treatment plan. There could be follow-up appointments needed. Patient may need to pick up prescription from the pharmacy or be referred to a specialist for further consultation. In addition to the patient and the provider, there could be caregivers involved in the process. The advice from the doctor could be to make lifestyle changes or to go get some other procedures done. So this is just a, a quick version of the steps of going to a doctor and getting the treatment and doing the follow-up. The actual journey may involve many more steps and therefore the more informed a person is, the easier to navigate the American healthcare system. Even the most healthy individuals may end up having occasional need to see the doctor. Um, maybe a viral infection, maybe um, you know, seasonal allergies, or even an emergency, perhaps a broken bone. We all need healthcare services, no matter who we are, where we live, regardless of our general health status or financial condition, we will very likely, because we're human beings of flesh and blood, we will very likely need healthcare services, whether for prevention or for treatment. And therefore, it is essential for us to know how the system works so that we are able to make informed decisions for uh, to be in excellent physical and mental health. The challenge is low levels of health literacy. And once again, health literacy is the ability to acquire and process information that would help make decisions to serve one's best interest for good physical and mental health. Now, before going further, I want to share a little bit about my personal experience. I grew up in a family that's uh, very knowledgeable about the healthcare system, but it's the healthcare system in Bangladesh because Bangladesh is where I grew up. And Bangladesh follows a totally different model of healthcare. In Bangladesh, I never knew about any health insurance. Because in Bangladesh, the healthcare system is an out-of-pocket model. People pay for services just as they would pay for any, um, any healthcare, um, any consumer goods and services. So after I came to America, one of my biggest challenges was to understand the American healthcare system. I did not know what insurance deductible copay and out-of-pocket maximum and prior authorization how, how these worked. I, I was not familiar with these terms. In Bangladesh, I knew about property insurance and life insurance and many other kinds of insurance, but no health insurance. Now, it's been many years since I left Bangladesh and things might have changed um, since then. So I'm not familiar with uh, the updates, but as far as I experienced uh, the healthcare system in Bangladesh, there was no health insurance that I was aware of. In the United States, health insurance is important. And I had to learn about it. It took me a while to gain knowledge about the American healthcare sector. Initially, I thought that simply 
getting um, healthcare coverage would allow me to go see any doctor at any clinic. And then over time, I found out that there's an in-network versus an out-of-network separation of providers based on uh, insurance coverage. So if I wanted to go see a doctor, I had to make sure that the person would be in-network um, because out-of-network doctors, um, you know, the coverage would, would be different, the payments would be different. So lots of details that I had to learn. took me even longer to understand what PPO and HMO meant. And the world of healthcare in general is full of medical terms and abbreviations that can be very difficult to remember, um, especially for someone who is not used, uh, who's not used to the American healthcare system. But the fact that I did not understand the American healthcare sector, it did not have anything to do with my literacy level in general. I come from an educated family. I have been to good schools and my family is very knowledgeable, particularly in terms of healthcare for a, for a host of reasons. In Bangladesh, we could get appointments with any doctor, any specialist very quickly. Uh, we could access high quality care. Uh, really never had any problems with regard to healthcare in Bangladesh. But after coming to the United States, I realized that my knowledge of the Bangladeshi healthcare system did not translate into knowledge of the American healthcare system overnight. I had to, over time, learn about the U.S. system. And I realized that soon after I arrived uh, in 2007, I realized that my personal health literacy level in the context of the United States was very low. The American system is very different from the one I experienced in Bangladesh. And hence, I made it my goal at that point to do everything in my power to increase my health literacy and understand the American healthcare system. Because of my education and my desire to learn, I adapted very quickly. And not only did I learn about the American healthcare system, I actually ended up getting academic and professional experience in healthcare policy analysis. Fortunately for me, the language was not a barrier. Um, many immigrants face language barriers. I did not. From my very childhood, I learned how to read and write and speak in English as a second language. After coming to Wisconsin, um, I found excellent resources at the University of Wisconsin-Madison. Then I also took a healthcare policy class, which was really the start of my learning experience in, uh, in healthcare policy. And one thing led to another. I ended up in graduate school and I found myself learning policy analysis and taking lots of other courses that taught me about the American healthcare system. I even worked in organizations um, even while as a student in graduate school. Um, and those opportunities allowed me to nurture my skills in healthcare policy. But there's a lot that I learned outside of my classroom and office. As a consumer, as a patient, I accessed healthcare services 
and I learned to navigate the system. And that's how most people do it. Not everyone takes a healthcare policy class. Not everyone works on projects um, that um, are related to healthcare. People need services. They are guided by healthcare professionals, uh, insurance agents. They talk to their family members if they want to. And there are many other sources of help. The overall healthcare system of America is massive, and for many it may feel like a maze. It is a big bureaucracy with both public and private actors involved. At every step in the process, from nurses who do the triage, to the doctors who see the patients, to the accountants, to the customer service representatives, to the case managers and therapists and bill collectors, there are many people involved. Ideally, there should be high levels of health literacy in a country. When people are familiar with the medical terms, they understand the risks of diseases, they are aware of the treatment options, and they know the coverage guidelines, and they have knowledge about where to seek help, then they are more informed and in a much better position to make excellent healthcare decisions. But sadly, that's not always the case. Let's use an example of somebody who um, has medical problems but is uninsured. Because of the absence of insurance coverage, this individual, let's call him Jack, may choose to not go see a doctor and to not uh, seek medical help. Um, Let's use uh, maybe, a gastro, maybe gastrointestinal problems, acid reflux and GERD as examples. If Jack has acid reflux and GERD um, and he does not go seek medical attention because he does not have insurance coverage, then the symptoms will be left untreated. And what that would mean is Symptoms that could be treated by a primary care doctor. Uh, symptoms that could be solved with prescription medication will now be left untreated, which would make these symptoms worse over time. If Jack does not have high health literacy level, he may not even be able to make the proper dietary changes that would help with his condition. And so if left untreated, and as problems get worse over time, it may get to a point where Jack may need to seek urgent care, uh, go to an urgent care center, or even, the, or even the emergency room, depending on how severe symptoms get. In the case of Jack, even if he does not have healthcare coverage, there may be options available for him. There are many organizations that provide um, uh, free healthcare services, or they provide healthcare services uh, based on a sliding scale. Organizations that serve uninsured and underinsured individuals. If Jack is aware of these resources in the community, then he can go seek help. But if he has low health literacy level and he's not aware of the sources of help, he may just uh, go on with his life and not treat the symptoms, which would then get worse over time, leading to more pain and suffering. So 
a huge aspect of health literacy is to know where to go for help, know who to ask for help when there's a need. Let's talk about people who have good insurance coverage. Simply having good coverage does not mean that the patients are using the resources uh, in a timely fashion to maintain good health. Uh, for example, mammograms are recommended at a certain interval for women. Um, colonoscopy uh, is also recommended after a person reaches a certain age at, you know, um, every, every several years. And there are other immunizations that people um, need that doctors recommend at various ages. A person may have excellent healthcare coverage, but if he or she chooses to ignore the recommendations of the doctor or is not aware of um, the importance of staying on track um, and, and receiving services and getting the different tests done on time, then that is also a problem. And so we need, as a country, to increase the level of health literacy so that every individual knows what is best for their health and can take actions accordingly and go seek assistance and go talk to an expert Ultimately, the goal is to maintain good physical and mental health. Um, as I mentioned earlier, health literacy is not the same as literacy in general. And I will explain that further with an example. In Medicare, which is a program for seniors, there's something called the late enrollment penalty. It applies for Medicare's, Medicare Parts A, B, and D. Let's talk about Part A, which is the hospital insurance, as some people call it. There are individuals who have to purchase Medicare Part A because they do not qualify for premium-free Part A. And if that person does not buy Part A when he or she first becomes eligible for Medicare but signs up for it later, the monthly premium may go up because a penalty, the late enrollment penalty, will be added. And it is the penalty for not signing up on time. Same for Part B. The monthly premium may go up if a person does not sign up for Part B when first eligible to do so. And if you want to learn more, go to Medicare.gov. Uh, the website also shows uh, the detailed calculations of how these penalties are calculated. Uh, so go check it out. But coming back to the question of health literacy, there are many senior citizens who do not sign up for Medicare coverage when they first become eligible. And sadly, they are also not aware of the penalties that would apply uh, if they sign up late. This information is available on, the, on Medicare's website. Many people working in the field of healthcare know about this, but for an American who is not deeply involved in the healthcare system, regardless of their general education level, if they don't know about the late enrollment penalty and if they don't understand the importance of signing up for Medicare when first eligible to do so, they may end up 
facing a late enrollment penalty. And once they find out about the penalty, it's already late, and now they're stuck with a higher bill. I've actually talked with uh, some seniors who have told me, well, I can sign up for, I'm, I'm in no hurry to sign up for Medicare because I feel perfectly healthy. I, I usually never see the doctor and I can wait. And when I tell them about the late enrollment penalty, that's when they realize how important it is to sign up for Medicare um, when you're first eligible to do so. So this is all because of gaps in health literacy. Knowing the system that we are a part of, knowing how insurance coverage works, knowing the options, and understanding the various needs that may arise, and being prepared to take the right course of action to ensure access to services for treatment and to ensure good physical and mental health are essential. Hence, we need to have high levels of health literacy in the population, and of course, there's room for improvement. Before I conclude, I want to say that the concept of literacy is evolving. With the latest innovation in electronic health records and in telemedicine, um, there's a lot that we have to learn. As the pandemic revealed, telemedicine has become a big part of the healthcare system and it's growing. And I expect that the world of telemedicine will grow over time. And in the future, there may be more and more people accessing healthcare services remotely. But then every innovation or new product or a new service would require people to learn the use of new technology. And so we may develop good literacy at any given point in time. We may acquire excellent knowledge, but as things change, as more advancements are made, as more uh, the technology develops, we need to continue learning so that we can keep up with the changes. And hence, there will be need for greater levels of health literacy over time. So finally, let's recap. Health literacy is the ability of people to understand health information and services. It is the ability of people to find the information they need to make good healthcare decisions. It is the ability to ask questions, to seek answers, to clarify matters when there is confusion. Overall, a health literate person has the knowledge to use important information to make excellent healthcare decisions to ensure good physical and mental health. I appreciate you all listening. And um, I really want to thank you for your comments. Uh, if you have questions, uh, please contact me. Connect with me on social media. I look forward to hearing from you. And I hope to be back again with another episode of Explore and Engage with Anam.